Remember the name, how Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. guys welcome back we got ourselves here a big big fight card this one is going to be an interesting one obviously for multiple reasons we have the challenger Ilya Taporia taking on Alexander Volkanovsky the current reigning defending champion now there's a lot of things that I think people are paying attention to and that is the quick turnaround for Alexander Volkanovsky and can he get it done after being what I would say having a a pretty rough or brutal finish in his last event uh, against Islam Makachev going up a weight class and now quickly turning around to take on another heavy hitter, a surging prospect with a ton of momentum, an entire two countries behind him in Ilya Taporia. So this is a big one. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it because we don't have the, the intangible variables to know the inside scoop of whether or not Volkanovski took the proper time off in between these fights, making sure he wasn't sparring and, and, and doing extra damage and putting him at a more of a deficit in the sense of being able to recover completely so that he will be more durable in a fight like this normally. Where now you have this kind of like, is he fully recovered? We don't know. Is he going to take more damage in this one? And uh, not be able to take the shots as well as he has in the past. I think that's the big question mark that a lot of us are trying to say. We just don't know what that looks like. But right now, let's see what the odds are on DraftKings Sportsbook. Straight up money lines. Alexander Volkanovsky is a minus 125. And Ilya Taporia is a plus 105. That's as of today. Just check the lines. Um, I think they still think that Volk should possibly edge it out. Um, I think a couple things we don't really know. Are the intangibles? We well, we do know. We know Volkanovski is one of the greatest featherweights of all time, beating Max Holloway three times. You can make the argument that you thought that he lost one, maybe two of them, or one of them should have been a draw. There's definitely an argument for discussion there. But then you have Taporia, who's just been terrorizing the competition. I think his debut was a decision, short notice. I think, if I recall correctly, against Yusuf Zalal or something along those lines but one of the things I want people to realize with the Zalau fight although years ago and Ilya has become a different version of himself one thing that he has in common with the current champion Alexander Volkanovsky is the footwork and I think that's going to be something that people need to pay attention to how well can Ilya track him down and land those big combination punches as if it is a boxing fight and I think that's going to be the difference when you got a guy who uses a lot of footwork it's so much harder to land those strikes against them. I think we saw that in the Teofima fight against the Ortiz guy that he just fought recently. If a guy's not engaging or he's being tough to track down, cut off, Sean O'Malley, a guy who's got great footwork to get to them, it makes the fight a lot more difficult. No matter how heavy of a hitter you are, you only need one, though. Ilya only needs to hit him in the body one good time and connect the right way or on the chin, and that could be enough to get the job done. And that's why this fight is exciting because I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I, can't, I can't call it. So that's why you guys got the opportunity to bet. And uh, DraftKings is actually offering a no-sweat bet. So I believe anything up to $1,000, there's no harm, no foul. If you were to bet it and you lost, they will reimburse you and you get it back. A no-sweat bet. 
anything over $5, anything under 1000 My promo code is Aljo. So, of course, go to DraftKingsSportsbook.com and use my promo code if you guys want to try your hand and see which way this is going to go. And at the end of the day, if you don't get it, guess what? No sweat. You get it back. Um, with that said, I'm not going to pick one for this. I, 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 I'm a big fan of both these guys, two guys that I could hope to one day challenge at this weight class. You know, I don't know what will happen with my fight with Calvin Cater, but this is an opportunity for me to see the measuring stick and the criteria of where I need to be so that I have an opportunity to possibly wear UFC gold again. And, of course, I say possibly because we don't know, man. Life, life the fight game, injuries, we just don't know. Um, maybe I'm just not good enough for 45, or maybe I come out and realize that I should have been a 45 for the longest. So at the end of the day, um, I, all I can do is control what I can control, and hopefully I put myself back in position to challenge one of these guys for the title in, in the near future. Um, but with that said, may the best man win. I'm looking forward to a great fight. And personally, I would have liked to have seen this if it was two months later, given Volk enough chance, enough time to fully recover his brain, the, the bell being rung, and making sure he's going to be 100% durable the way that he's always been to take a shot from a heavy hitter because Taporia, he can crack. Co-main event, we have Robert Whitaker, who is a minus 238 against Polo Casa, who is a plus 195. This is a good one. We got a Marauder heavy hitter with the seeker juice, Polo Costa. I think he didn't look all too great in his Luke Rockhold fight. I think it was a little bit more back and forth against a guy who was kind of coming off the couch and who had a lot of stuff going on in Luke Rockhold. For me... Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. I don't know if this is for me, but uh, I mean, I definitely check it out. Um, it's catering. Um, so he didn't look that great against Rockhold. It was a back and forth affair. And with that being said, Whitaker coming off of a loss while Polo's coming off of a win. I try to look at all these things from an outside perspective and try to get inside their minds from a fighter's perspective. The way I'm looking at this is Whitaker was knocked out pretty roughly against Drickus, Drakus, 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 Drakus. He looked good in the very first round until he got clipped. And that leaves me wondering if a guy like Paulo couldn't clip him, I think this fight's going to end up relatively the same way. But then again, he's so elusive, he's so skilled, it makes it really tough for a lot of guys to even land on Robert Whitaker like that. I mean, we've only seen him with Izzy. Uh, we've seen him go through some battles with Yoel Romero. This one, I, I, I can't call it either. They're at two different points in their career. Does Whitaker still have the fire? Does he still have that durability to want to come back and fight for the title again? Of course, the title's changed hands. There's an opportunity to him, for him, but he just lost to the now champion and the possible challenger in Israel Adesanya. So where does that leave Whitaker? Really, really tough spot, but he needs to win this. Otherwise, he gets pushed much further down the line and mentally not a lot of guys want to come back and compete for a spot like that you know where Paulo coming off a win he fought for the belt once kind of had some ups and downs with the UFC he's built a crazy following crazy fan base with the secret juice and just his personality on social media 
Um, I think he's a heavy hitter. He's very talented. I, I think he does tend to get tired, but can he hit Whitaker and get to him early enough where the later rounds don't matter? We've seen him. If he gets tired like he did against Rockhold, I say he's Whitaker all day long. So I think the longer the fight goes, it, bet, it will favor Robert Whitaker. But the early finish, if I'm betting, I think the early finish is for sure Polo Costa. So I'll give you guys the lines again. Robert Whitaker is a minus 238, and Costa is a plus 195. Now we have Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary. Jeff Neal, plus 195. Ian Gary, minus 238. Okay, we got the hands of steel. Uh, I, I don't have the records in front of me. I normally have that up, but I feel like Jeff's, Jeff has been in a kind of a tough spot. Let me actually try to find it. I might go to my, my trusty topology. But I feel like he lost his last one. And I'm going to make sure I confirm that. Jeff Neal, he lost his last one to Shafkat. So he's coming off of a, a loss. A finish in the third round, which in a fight that I thought was going back and forth. I thought uh, Jeff Neal was looking really, really good against a prospect in Shafkat. And the thing with Shafkat, many people were riding him super hard. Uh, and then he had that fight with Jeff Neal that was back and forth. But yes, he got the finish. Finished all his opponents. And then he goes against Wonderboy. The fight looked the way it did, but I heard there was some backstory to that, that he wasn't feeling as good or great. So with that said, cut Shafkat some slack. They can't all be gems, especially when you get to the higher part, portions of the division. But you got to look at Jeff Neal and say, like, if this is the prospect, the guy who's supposed to be the next potential champion, and he gave him a huge run for his money. Now you got Ian Gary and his last fight was with Neil Magny, and he looked phenomenal. He actually looked really damn good. It went to a decision. But he looked really, really good against a guy who's got, like, the most wins in UFC welterweight history. The performance that Ian Gary was able to put on against Neil Magny showed a lot of promise. Now, Jeff Neal, I think, is a super tough dude for him to go against a prospect. Like, Shavkat, yeah, he didn't win, but I think he showed a lot of promise that he's still a top contender. Um, he's going to have some ups and downs. But I think he's right there with the best of those guys, skill for skill. Um, I, and he's a southpaw. I think Ian switches a lot, too. But the only thing is, Ian kicks a lot, where so Jeff Neal mostly <laughs> is just primarily a boxer. And I think that could be the difference in this fight with him and Ian Gary. Um, but we know if he touches you up, it, it could be a short night. And we've seen Ian be clipped before, not very often. But I think if Jeff could touch him, with a clean one, I, I think it can make this fight very, very interesting. But I think the favorite here is definitely correct. I think because Ian Gary just has more tools to win. But I just wouldn't count Jeff Neal out, especially after giving a run for his money the way he did for Shafkat. I think that, that says a lot. I think it shows that he has a lot of skill that uh, people might be overlooking. And you never know, he might surprise some people and turn back the prospect. And Ian Gary, Ian Gary, the future. What we got next? We have, ooh, my card, Long Island. We got Marab Devashvili 
minus 238 versus Henry Cejudo, plus 195. This is going to be a crazy fight. Let's, let's just call it what it is. There's a lot of... Uh, There's a lot of questions that people need answered in the sense of how good is Morales wrestling. People were saying this about me when I was going against Henry, but I'm like, yeah, it's not a wrestling match. It's a fight. That is the difference. We've seen the output of Morab. We've never seen that output ever from Henry Cejudo. Um, the first few fights early on, he's used his wrestling, but of late against, a, uh, against guys who are better strikers, he's used his grappling. He's used it against Mighty Mouse, but of late, he's been a striker. Primarily striking. And I think with that said, Marab mixes it up a lot better. Henry's more of a like, I'm going to sit here in the pocket and use those little hip feints. He'll throw the front kick. He'll throw the head kick. He'll try to throw that knee up the middle. And he has a really clean straight cross down the pipe. I think what's nice about this is Marab's got a great pace. He doesn't stand still. He's not a stationary target. And he does not get tired. And I think that's why we obviously call him the machine. So for me, I, I just feel trying to be as unbiased as I can. I think he just has more tools to win. I think he's a little bit more dangerous in that regards. People say, he, yeah, he's the decision machine. Um, but he just breaks guys. He, he breaks them down where it's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, th I do think this is going to be the fight where he gets a clear-cut finish. Um, I'm going to say in the third round. And again, Henry's tough. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to a decision, but I think if there's a fight that Marab can get a finish in, obviously Jose Aldo is good enough where he can sit on the cage and hang out. I think the pace and the ego of Henry is going to want to go tit for tat with takedowns or try to avoid it altogether, and that's going to ultimately leave him to get more tired. And I think if he can't land a kill shot in the first round, I, I think the longer the fight goes, the closer it is for a finish for Marab and for a decision for Marab to get the win. Um, so I think that money line is correct. I think Marab being the favorite is correct here. Henry coming off of a loss. Yeah, he lost to me, a much longer range of your opponent, so I got to make sure I say that. These guys are about the same height. Marab's a little bit taller, and Marab's more of a natural 135er. And I think, again, his pace, Henry has shown signs of slowing down before, and I think uh, him wanting it to be a three-round fight for sure says a lot, and I think he might be worried about the, the longevity and the pace of Marab, but he might think the three-round might be an opportunity for him to kind of steal two rounds and, and get out of there. But I, I think this chess match is going to start. We're going we're gonna to find out very, very quickly in the first two minutes of round one who's going to take over and who's going to be able to impose their will, and I, I just think Marab's pace and his tempo is going to be able to, to do that. Next. We have the opener, Alex Anthony Hernandez versus Roman Kapilov. Kapilov is a plus 200 favorite. Fluffy Hernandez is a minus 245. I, I do think... I think Fluffy is a sleeper, man. I think people are... They're not giving him the respect that he deserves, and I get it. Because he doesn't seem like that guy who's going to be the next big thing. I think people have been overlooking him. He just keeps winning. He's on a four-fight winning streak right now. He lost to Kevin Holland. Um, knee to the body, ground and pound. But then he came back, beat Rodolfo Vieira, armed in triangle over a jiu-jitsu ace, submitted him in the second round. He beat Josh Fremd, decision. He beat Andre Barrio, third round arm triangle choke. And Eben Shabazian, ground and pound in round three. So the guy's a dog. He's a gamer. 
Kapilov is very explosive, great striking. I think that could be the difference, though. But if he lets Fluffy hang around, he's one of those guys who could just stick around long enough. He's he's good enough where he can get the job done, and I think that's his his game plan. Get out of the first round and see if he can take Kapilov to deep waters. But if he doesn't, I think it could be a much shorter night for him. So like I said, I think Kapilov is kind of a hammer. And he's like one of those Russian prospects, 12-2. and two. And his last loss was to a grappler, Albert Duraev, in 2021 in October. He lost two in a row. He lost to Carl Roberson, ran a choke, and he lost to Albert Duraev, who's a grappler. And then after that, he won against Chiricchio, Soriano, Ribeiro, and Fremd also. And those were all finishes. Damn, four finishes in a row. So, again, this guy's a finisher, heavy hitter, more of a striker. I think Fluffy's game has got to be to definitely get out of the first round, take him down, and uh, I think that would be his path to victory. That's just my two cents based on what I'm looking at. So we'll see what happens. Kapilov is a dog. Fluffy's a dog, too. Anybody who can stick around against all these prospects he's supposed to lose to and comes and he beats them, uh, I think that takes – that shows some character, and I think that shows something that people should be paying attention to. So he's not just a pushover. And not everyone he's fought is a, is a prospect, but I think he's done good enough where he should be getting a little bit more respect, especially if he beats Kapilov. I think he's he's going to show that Alex Anthony Hernandez has arrived. So, again, Hernandez is a minus 245, and Kapilov is a plus 200. Hernandez just needs to be a little booger. Stick around and hang it in there. <laughs> and I think he can get it done. Um, we got some other fun fights. Obviously, Amanda Lemos, Mackenzie Dern stepping in for, I think, Tatiana Suarez. Mm. Uh, Carlos Vieta versus Nakama, Rinya, something like that. I don't even know how to say the name. I'm not going to butcher it. Oban Elliott versus Val Woodbury, Woodbury. I think that's his name. Woodburn. This is going to be interesting. Woodburn has obviously lost his debut fight to... Bo Nickel, and that was that was a bruising. It, it was pretty fascinating how Bo Nickel was able to show off his striking like that. And then uh, we have Oban, who won of the Contender Series. Let's see how he does, I believe, in his debut. Let me just double-check that this is his debut. He's from Wales. Got to meet him out there. Pretty chill dude. Really cool guy. This is his debut. Majority decision win on the Contender Series. And Andre Lee versus Miranda Maverick opening the card up. Um, other than that, I think we're all good. Uh, hanging out here, beautiful Anaheim. I'm excited about the fights. I, I, I do think we are on the cusp of a title shot, another one for Long Island and for Las Vegas. So we'll see how Marab does. I, I think it's a great opportunity for him to showcase himself to the world again against another tough former champion. Took out Piotr Jan. Now is the opportunity for him to take out another champ and a double champ in Henry Ciudo. Big things on the horizon, man. I'm super excited about this opportunity for him, his people, his countrymen, going into the main event fight. So there's a lot that just rides on this. Um, for me, I'm just enjoying the ride. I get to watch them cut weight and deal with everything else, and I'm just be the supporter and be a proud friend. And I look forward. This is gonna, this is like getting me excited and. I kind of can't wait for my, my opportunity to get back out there. Um, but, yeah, 
Other than that, pick your bets. Remember DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code Aljo. I'll see you guys soon. I'm going to go get some food. I'm starving. These guys out here eating. I'm seeing all this good food out here. And uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit hungry. A lot of hungry. So I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. We're out.